You're listening to Tech Recruit, a podcast that educates talent acquisition and recruitment professionals on innovation to attract talent across all industries. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the Tech Recruit Podcast. My name is Stacey Broadwell, and today I have with me a Mr. N.P. Lamb. He is working with Aon Consulting as the Director of People Analytics. Welcome, N.P. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> We're very excited to have you as well. Um, you just flew in from London, so I know this. Uh, you're probably dealing with some time lapse there. Um, what were you doing out there? A little bit. Well, you know, I, I went to visit the uh, our global headquarters over there in London and also uh, went to a friend's wedding. So, Oh, business work, work and pleasure. Time. Yes. <laughs> so tell me about your current role as the director of people analytics. So uh, as, as you know, the director of people analytics, I'm really leading a team of data scientists, um, you know, on, on our consulting group. Um, helping with our clients to solve their people analytics and planning, um, you know, issues and challenges. Um, you know, a, a couple larger topic would be, you know, helping them to build up a strategic workforce planning function. And, um, and you know, recently, you know, a, a rather hot topic, you know, which is a little bit unrelated to our talk today would be the uh, gender pay equity analysis that we also offer. So we offer a whole spectrum of, you know, uh, analytics and planning, uh, you know, solution around HR. So that's basically, um, you know, what, what we do. Such a very evolving and current um, trend that we're seeing in HR is the amount of companies that are trying to really harness that data within HR and not certain where they should start or what data that is relevant to that. And do you help them when they're trying to determine where to start with that journey? Yeah, most of the clients have their HRI system set up pretty good. Um, and, um, you know, being an internal practitioner before, um, I know that, you know, sometimes it could be challenging and, you know, just getting the data right. So, um, you know, a majority of the time we'll, we'll spend, you know, making sure the data is right, you know, confirming, validating the data uh, with the client before we run into analytics. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, through other uh the journey i i felt like you know uh companies are really focusing a lot more around you know building um the hr data um you know um more accurately and correctly you know in order to understand what is really going on within the company being um a somebody who worked as a data analyst um and pulling uh data from multiple data sites into uh, one source to tell a story and model that story and explain it to your executive board is really so dependent on the quality of your data and um, in recruiting when i when i moved into the recruiting role there was times when i was working internally at companies and just putting the data into the applicant tracking system on the talent attraction recruitment side, there was some ambiguity. You know, how do you discharge a candidate? What is every what is everybody using when a candidate isn't qualified versus we don't want to talk to this candidate again? Um, they're not a fit. Um, and oftentimes that was not clearly stated. And so that could definitely interrupt the quality of the data that you're pulling. And, and so I wonder if that initial thing becomes a challenge for you. 
Absolutely. It hit it right on spot. So um, um, it's the good and bad about, you know, working with strategic workforce planning. The good thing is, you know, you really have a holistic view, um, you know, across the company. This is a cross-functional uh, team that, you know, you have to work with um, different departments. You have to work with HR, you work with compensation, recruitment, you work with the finance department, uh, you work with the operate, operation management, um, you know, uh, side of the business also. You really to, to, to build up a plan, you know, from A to Z to figure out, you know, what is the, what is the people need there? How much FTE that we will need? Um, you know, what would be the staffing mix? Do we have the budget for that? Do we have the physical capacity for the work? And also then, you know, advise and implement the, uh, the, uh, the strategy around it to, to, to make it happen. That's the good thing. That's the exciting part. That's the fun part. The, the not so fun part is like what you mentioned. You know, it, it, you can have competing data sources. You can have overlapping data sources um, that you have to gather from. Um, from the business side, you know, there for you know uh, for some of the industries, they track the utilization, right? The business demand and all that. Um, uh, I used to work at healthcare, so you know, we track all the uh, uh, patient usage. Uh, the the inpatient uh, patient days uh, patient encounters and all that and you know in the tech side you will have you know uh, project development um, you know those um, you know engineering projects that you have to track and that would translate to how much people that you need and of course you know that those two uh, are probably different systems and you have a, yet probably another systems um, you know tracking recruitment Right, you know how many people are, are, how many posting do you have? How many requisitions are ongoing? How long are the requisition have been going on? How many are filled? How many are canceled? Those are probably not the same as the HR IS system that you will have. And of course, you know you have to merge them together. There are some technologies um, or or solutions, you know, out in 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 the out there already off the shelf that you can purchase. Um, but if Stacy, you can come up with, you know, one software or one um you know application that that goes across the whole spectrum you're going to be very very rich and and because i mean this is this is a, a, this is going to be a very sought after um application because i have yet to see to see it i mean there are some solutions out there but it doesn't cover the whole a to z so um yeah so he's, that's why um that's why we're here yeah and and um, definitely, I, I see that as being opportunities for companies to take advantage of. And um, so we're talking about workforce planning, and which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you and People Analytics um, on the show today, because one of my previous podcasts, we talked about more so on the talent attraction recruitment side and having that quality data. And um, our guest had mentioned when she received the workforce planning numbers that she put those into her um into her spreadsheet into her um and and developed her calculations for um, managing her own team and before that happened before she was able to do that i was i was zeroed in on the workforce planning component of it and um in that obviously it, it is all about your budget as far as how many people you're going to hire across the 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 um the company and across all departments right it always comes down to budget initially but in the workforce planning um initial onset have you worked in that area yes uh yes absolutely so um 
and and you're hitting all the right 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 questions <laughs> i have to say uh but budget is is always a tricky part and um you know throughout my journey building up the uh, workforce planning and, and analytics team you know with one run, run into mistakes and setbacks you know not really including finance you know at the beginning of the conversation you have to bring a finance guy into into the conversation early on because um they've got the money they've got the budget and they they you know, they can tell you, I mean, you can forecast out, you know, you need 10 more FTE, but they only have the money for two. Um, um, and if you already, you know, run through all your analytics, you know, that that could be, it, it would be hard to say, but it, 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 it could be a waste of time, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day when finance doesn't improve your calculation and all that. So it's, it's very crucial to bring in finance as well as operation um, management um, and, and of course your your talent acquisition recruitment team into the conversation very early on to set everybody on the same level hey this is what we're doing um, this is how we're going to calculate it and we're going to work with finance to to make sure that this calculation or, or prediction of FT, fte that we, we that we're running this algorithm is valid and and get them sign off on that Right. So then you, you calculate out your FTE, then, you know, then they will be, they will be in agreement. Um, and, you know, sometimes you might think that finance people, they're not very open-minded. They only work with the budget, but no, I mean, throughout my experience, there's are some very open-minded, um, you know, uh, partners that I've worked with from finance. They're very open to, you know, looking at, you know, really how much people do we need? How, how, do, how should we set the budget? You know, instead of like a, you know, two percent, three percent growth doesn't really care about you know what what the business need is. Uh, they want to see you know based on the calculation that we all work together on how much percent they should increase the budget with. Is it really two or three percent like you know we've been doing for the past ten years, or is it really hey you know they're really short you know in order to be in compliance in in order to to be more effective, we have to boost it up to a little bit more like four to five percent. And depending on the staffing mix and productivity, you know, we can adjust the budget accordingly to that. Um, or, you know, is this department is re really running inefficient? I mean, it could go, it could go both, both ways, right? So, um, no, you're not getting a 3% like the past 10 years. You're only getting 2 or 1% growth because, you know, you can actually run more e efficiently in this department. So, um, you know, my, to, my point is that, you know, include, you know, as, as as many key partners as as possible into the conversation as early on, you know, so uh, be open and transparent about the uh, algorithm and formula that you're using. Um, have a, con you know, a candid discussion with everybody so that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, everybody's looking at the same number. Everybody, you know, as, uh, will be agreeing upon the result that, that is coming up. Whether we can do it, maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe, you know, if the an analytics point to a, 5% increase in budget and we really can't do it, then, you know, we have to work around it, you know, looking at staffing mix, looking at productivity, but at least, you know, they won't just shut the door and say that you're crazy. Right. So, um, yeah, it's very important to, to, uh, um, to include, um, all parties into the conversation as early as possible. So I, I am so interested in, um, the entire process from beginning to end of where this begins, how it falls into your hands and how you put it out there. So like your end products. 
Hey, Tech Recruit fans, just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you to follow us on Twitter at TechRecruit underscore. You can also find our page on Facebook at Tech Recruit and our group, the Tech Recruit group, where all of our speakers and attendees are hanging out and talking about all the topics and things that they learned at the Tech Recruit Conference. And we'll look forward to seeing you at LAX Tech Recruit July 18th in Playa Vista, Silicon Beach, and Midwest Tech Recruit in Chicago, September 18th. See you there. And so the catalyst for for your job um, would be um, perhaps it's growth in the company. Um, so the executive board determines we want to grow um, X amount. Um, we're going to open up these new offices. We're going to need a staff. And um, so that comes down to you or, yep. or perhaps the, would that be a correct assessment or a statement? Oh, that, that could be one big reason, you know, uh, one big reason, you know, uh, they would come to us is that, you know, we're, we're having this, we're growing out, we're building out this new hub or new branch, right, of, of our operation. How do we going to staff it? Are we going to just transfer people from the existing place to there or are we going to hire, um, you know, uh, from there? What we, what we actually have done um, and we have provided some um, um, services for the clients is location analysis, right? So before we picked out a location, you know, how do we, do we look at, you know, we're going to look at whether there are people over there for us to hire, right? Are there, is it already the market is overheated? You, do you want to? Uh, set up a, a tech company in San Francisco Bay Area, maybe not, you know, because, you know, the, the market is just so overheated and then you're competing with Google, you're competing with Uber and all those like giants is, you know, we won't advise our clients to set up the, the new hub there. We actually have clients asking us, you know, we don't even want to look at Austin or we don't want to look at Denver or Boulder, Colorado. Those are the new and emerging hubs. We want to look at, you know, the, the next hub, you know, uh, that are, that's coming up. It could be Milwaukee. It could be Boise, Idaho. We don't know, right? So they want to get into the market as, you know, uh, before the other uh, to, to really get the talents that are available out there. And, you know, and the cost is also, talent cost is always an uh, a issue there. And, um, you know, at Aon, we really have that data to, uh, to, to, to look at the sectorial, um, you know, talent availability and pricing. So I digress a little. So going back to how we get asked for the work. So location, you know, opening up a new um, branch or operation is, is one reason. Another reason could be, you know, just in, we're not really opening up any new branches, but, you know, we, we try to change our business model, right? We try to uh, change our operation a little bit. Um, um, In-housing, insourcing, um, you know, the work that we have contracted out. How is it gonna look like, right? Um, or do we have the capacity? And uh, where should we hiring the people from? You know, should we hire from within? Should we develop, you know, some of our talents from within, or or should we look out to hire from from outside, right? As we're even sourcing. Um, and and if you know, there's a, a huge retirement or turnover risk, right? You know, in a particular place, and they will come to us, hey, you know, oh my God, you know, we're changing our, you know, retirement benefit, or are we? Um, you know, uh, experience a, a large turnover for, for a known reason, you know, so figure out, you know, what is really going on within, within the department? Is it engagement? Is it, do we have some, uh, you know, uh, what do we call those uh, toxic managers, right? Uh, what would be the reason, right? For, for those, for those, for that for those attrition, right? 
Right, right. So those are all the, all the questions that, that we'll get. And then, you know, um, and then they will come down to us and say, hey, you know, try to figure this out. Um, and, you know, and, and in the process, work with different departments to figure out what will be the outcome. You know, do we have to change the budget? Do we have to build, you know, uh, new you know, capital planning, you know, um, team. So these are all the, uh, all the channels that they will come down, um, you know, uh, to us when they have questions around workforce planning. So that is, those are really great catalysts. catalysts. Um, the location, whether they're going to move or what, you know, it's funny because oftentimes you see a new Starbucks pop up and you're like, I wonder how they right. chose that corner, you know? Right. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be uh, Starbucks or uh, a chain retail, um, you know, that, that really focusing on, on growing rapidly. They, I think they focus more on the revenue. So, um, um, most of them will have a revenue target and, 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 you know, I'm not speaking for all the companies, but some of the, some of the chain companies like a uh, retailer, mostly they have a revenue target. And, um, as, as soon as they get to a certain target over year, year over year, then they will, they will start looking at, um, say a three or five mile radius within, um, that you can't be too close. Right. So, but they will look at, you know, proximate area to build up their next uh, stores. Uh, Starbucks may be a little easier because it's, uh, it's not as labor intensive, um, you know, uh, when compared to other ret retailer, right? Like Target or a Walmart and, and such like that. So um, different company has different strategy, um, but, um, uh, but for those that are more labor intensive, like, you know, the tech or healthcare, right? Um, they, they, they will want to focus a lot more on, you know, picking the right place to build up their new hub. What would their goal be then? Talents, um, retirees, <laughs> uh, for a healthcare company. Um, so you were saying how um, there's a catalyst for them bringing mm -hmm. you in, and then there's a goal, right? Um, right. And, right. And so the, it could be a revenue-driven goal like a retail company might have. Um, right. And then a healthcare company would have a, a different goal. What, what would theirs be? So, so um, it, could, it could be coming from multiple, um, there, there could be multiple purposes, right? Uh, as they're looking at this, this, all these uh, reasons. So for location, they might be looking for, you know, building up, reaching out, you know, to, to a new community, right? Um, uh, establishing their, their brand a little better. Um, so then they have presence in, in the community. And, you know, and, and in order to do that, they have to choose the place wisely, right? So, um, you know, if they're setting up a, a new, say, um, um, home health facility or nursing home facility, they have to make sure that there are enough, you know, nurses uh, for that particular, um, you know, with, that, with those particular license and skills in that area, right? So that they can, they can get the talent um, more effectively there. Um, for um, tech company, when they're setting up a new, new hub, they have to make sure that they have enough engineers around there, um, but not already working for, you know, other giants and, and hard to get, um, you know, we will look at university, look at pipeline, look at the living cost and all that, you know, in order to figure out, um, you know, where would be an ideal location to do that. Um, for uh, new business model or operation, right? So they want to see um, how can they run more effectively, right? Um, can we 
um, expand the business, you know, using just existing talent, right? You know, we'll, we'll kind of reshuffle the people a little bit. We, we change the staffing mix a little bit to, to make it run more effectively. So then, you know, people will also, you know, trying to understand what the people preferences, right? You know, some people really want to be a contractor instead of a full-time. Right. And how do we kind of, you know, come up with the mix and then and then match with people's preferences um, in order to, you know, run, run, run the business more happily um, and, um, and more effectively. Turnover in retirement, uh, really trying to figure out, you know, what would be the impact on, on the operation if we have, you know, this mass exodus of people leaving. And if there's there really is, you know, how do we prepare for that? How do we train up? Do we want to train up the um, you know, existing talent, or do we want to uh, backfill them, you know, with external source and whether they're like people out there for you to backfill. So, um, so that, those would be the, the, the goal um, and, and the solution, um, you know, that we'll recommend and, um, um, and, and, you know, we can't do everything, right? I mean, we, we rely heavily um, on, 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 on our talent acquisition partner. To fill the to fill all the positions that we'll need, and we can um, and forecast out in order to have the people working at the right place at the right time. It's um, it's such an interesting challenge, and it, to kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, be if there was one tool that could help you um, make all these decisions from the catalyst to the goal to the the ratio of the correct number of uh, new hires to contract and full-time and what that means to the healthier company. I mean, that's the challenge. That's what you're trying to help companies do. Right, right. And and that's the, the tool that I'm expecting you to come up with, right, Stacey? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go into business together. And pay and Broadwell. Okay. Yeah, this, this would be a daunting task, but I mean, you know, you, you shall be rewarded very handsomely, you know, if, if we do come up with uh, with this such a solution. And every company, I mean, most of the companies would love to have that, right? From from A to Z, from, um, you know, forecasting business need to converting that to, uh, uh, you know, uh, workforce demand and, you know, how, how, how we're going to, uh, meet that workforce demand by, you know, uh, uh, training up or, you know, hiring from within or hiring from, you know, ex external, right? And what would that budget look like? Um, and what would be the, the impact on, on business effectiveness, right? Are, are we saving money? Um, are we producing more? Um, you know, and, and also, you know, just make it more complicated, you know, you, you have the staffing mix, you also have the skill set differences, right? So different, even if you're looking at the same engineering um, job group, you know, you have different type of engineering, engineers that can do different things. Some could build model, some could, um, some could uh, create uh, web platform infrastructure, some can develop app, you know, to, to, um, you know, convert the, those algorithm or product to be hosted onto the app. Some can, some would do, you know, user interface, right, to make sure that you know uh, it's working correctly when the user are using it. So, a whole spectrum of uh, of, of skills that you know it could be thrown into this mix and, and make things a lot more complicated. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, what our job as consultant do is you know to, to really to piece all these uh, moving parts together mm. and then provide a solution and, and, a, and an answer right um, and, and helping our client to implement um, the strategy that we that we've come up with 
Like I wish there was a tool that would help us find the, you know, where the quality of our candidates is coming from. Like everybody wants a tool to help them, you know, that magic button. Oh, that's good to know. Um, yeah, we have, we, like I said, uh, the, the, the QE tool is, is about skill, um, you know, matching. So, you know what I, I could have, I was like, how is there not a quality of hire tool? I think he was mostly looking at if they hired somebody from LinkedIn, like the source, if they uh -huh. had LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever they came from, or if there were an internal referral, uh -huh. which of those candidates was um, most successful um, or stayed with them the longest, what was the most successful hire? And I, I was like, can't you just do a, um, like some coding or a predictive model? That seems like it would be an easy, maybe it's not. It seems like it would be Is easy that, enough. Yeah, exactly. You, you and I are thinking about the same thing, but it just, you know, it, it just doesn't really happen. <laughs> you know, um, it, it could be lack of data. It could be, um, you know, the skills that keeps changing, you know, so, um, um, and, uh, and there's, there's too many factors that, you know, that, that could impact, um, you know, whether an employee is a, is, a, is a good hire or a good fit uh, versus is not. So, um, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's another tool for you. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking if it was, I don't know, quality of hire. I don't know, I've, probably because I'm older now that I feel like um, it would, the quality of hire would probably have more to do with where they're at in their life, whether they have children or if they're single and they're like, you know, just want the experience or if they want something that's more stable versus if they came from LinkedIn or, or an internal referral. But that, that right. was just. Right. The sourcing, um, you know, that, that, that's a good, that's an interesting question. And, and I mean, <laughs> I hate to tell you, but there's no conclusion around it. So, there's, you know, there's not. know right? yeah. people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, unpredictable. It's just, yeah, we just haven't figured, really figured out, you know, what would be the factor um, to determine, you know, which source uh, is the best source to, to get candidates. Right. So, um, and people are all over the place. I mean, you, you can get a, you can get a you know top-notch one from Chrysalis, and you don't you don't even understand why. And you know, uh, internal transfer could be, you know, somebody that that you regret hiring. I mean, it just you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just timing in recruitment. It's all about just being in the right place. Somebody just had a bad day. You happen to call them about an opportunity, and they're like, "Yes, get me out of here." I mean, you hear stories like that all the time. I think it's just right. timing. Yep, 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 yep. Is is it? It could be. It could be a gamble, but you know, certainly something we should figure out. The workforce planning, the pay, and the analysis of of all the solutions. Those are the three things that you offer as a consultant, right? Um, right, and, right. And try to streamlining all those together. Um, you know, as, as a recruiter, you you are definitely charged with understanding your market and where all the talent is. And right. um, in, in college, we always did these, I would go into the library and you open up these big books and dust would fly out and you determine like, you know, where all, you, you do these market maps, right? And right. Um, 
and they were very intensive long reports and I used to offer those to all my clients just written out like you know who their competitor like the SWOT analysis where the competitors were where the universities kind of like what you're mentioning earlier right um, there's certainly tools that can pull that data now thank goodness and um, yep. and then um, so, well, I guess I should ask, are, are there certain tools that you use or is, does Radford use or Aon Consulting? Um, yeah, right. So um, there, there's certain tools that we partner with um, in order to uh, uh, bring the solution to the client. Uh, and, and Aon owns a, a few, uh, a, a couple of tools that, um, that we use to, uh, to, to, to help with the clients to solve the problem. So, um, and, and they're very specific. Um, each tool is is very specific. Um, so, like I told you, you know, there's still we still need a tool out there to cover the A to Z. Um, so we have a tool called QE. Uh, it's spelled like cute. Uh, it it, it looks at the skill discrepancy or the skill matches of all the uh, of all the talents that you have uh, within, and and really uh, determining you know what what is the discrepancy what is the deficiency or what is the outlook in the skill set that we'll need um, in order to meet the business need. So that's one, uh, one tool that, that we own. Um, there are the tools that we partner with um, called Thetum. Um, that's also, you know, uh, that also looks at the skill set, um, you know, matching and also, you know, predictive. Um, there's some predictive component in it to look at, you know, what, what will be the future's skill set uh, uh, that will be needed. Um, uh, in the market. So um, there's Anaplan, there's Vizier, there's Vimo workforce uh, prediction uh, or workforce planning uh, tool. So there, there are a whole series of tools that uh, they're out there, you know, and they, they're, um, some are pretty specific, some are, some are broader, um, and, and they, they, they do serve a lot of um, 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 different, you know, uh, functions and that would cater to, to, to the client need. Um, um, but, you know, there's still work to be done in order to, to you know, link up all the dots, um, you, know, uh, you know, linking up to the internal HRI system, linking up into the talent acquisition, mostly Taleo, um, you know, for most of the companies um, to really understand, you know, what, what, are the, what are the gap there and then how do we tackle it? I, I recall at some point, um... Uh, there were, I, I believe those IBM had these ratios that were typical for, um, you know, growth companies or um, enterprise level companies, small and um, larger or medium. And um, it was so for every X amount of employees, you would have maybe two help desk um, professionals or right. for every um, X amount of employees, you would have four software engineers. And it was just like these these kind of standardized ratios. Do you right. have something like that that you guys kind of uh, utilize or is it constantly changing or, or do you kind of just have this standard ratio and then you kind of benchmark with that and go from there? Right, a ratio could be very very helpful um, um, to, to, to set the uh, conversation, to, to start with the analysis, right? So, um, and, and it's almost like, you know, looking at a, a uh, a current state, you know. So right now, what? Uh, how many people? How much? How many people do we have? And you know, in, in, as we're growing, you know, how much people we, we will need based on the ratio. The ratio could be could be you know uh, constantly changing. 
because of the you know change in business environment and change in skill set, and you know coming up with the jobs that can do multiple things you know at the same time. So, um, um, but you know racial would be very important if there's a compliance um, issue in it. So, do you have to maintain certain you know nurses to to patients, right? Do you have to maintain certain number of um, uh, oh, how many right. you know what what would be the cap of you know patients that that a that a physician, a family doctor can 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 have, right? Those are those are those are essential, and um, it's more fluid in in other sectors, right? In tech company, you know, some engineers some engineers can probably handle more projects than the others. So, um, um, and then you know, at, at that point, you, you probably have to draw an average to look at the ratio, and the ratio will be constantly changing. So, um, it's one of the very important component um, in in the whole um, predictive analytics formula so certainly i i've had uh, clients reach out to me for those ratios and, and and looking back i think that they were just looking for budget so they can hire within their department and justify <laughs> doing that um, right. but they, right. could be, they could be useful as at least a conversation starter right um, if you're a hiring manager um yeah exactly so, uh, i'm very interested in the structure of the team and um, the predictive side. But first, before we uh -huh. get to that, I want to ask about you, your your career growth, how you got into doing workforce and um, people analytics. How did how did that start? Yeah. So before I got into this, I was in grad school. I was uh, uh, doing my master's in economics, um, focusing on labor economics, and uh, I went to U of Washington, very statistic focused uh, uh, institution. Um, and, and from there, you know, um, I got hired uh, by Kaiser Permanente, coming back down to beautiful Southern California <laughs> for the sunshine and all that. Um, <laughs> so I, I was hired by um, by by Kaiser to really look at um, the workforce development development piece. So you know th this this predated all the people analytics and, and planning. Uh, I was in the development team, you know, you know, looking at you know as an analyst, looking at how many people we should train and what kind of job that we should train for um, to to actually meet the need and. The team grew, you know, got some attention around around the leadership saying, hey, you know, this guy, you know, why don't we also use them to look at, you know, how, how much people that we'll need, aside from the training, you know, how much FT that we'll need in this department. Um, so, you know, so our team got to grow, uh, got to grow. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, after nine years, you know, we really mature. Uh, we, we, we venture into people analytics, we venture into uh, people planning, um, you know, uh, you know, as, as, outcome of, as the outcome of the analytics. Um, our team grew to, um, you know, myself, two data scientists um, and a project manager. So um, to really oversee the, the Southern California region. Um, and then at the end um, of the ninth years, you know, basically nine, 10 years. I was really, you know, automating and, and streamlining the, the existing process that, that we have. So now at Aon, you know, I'm, I'm taking all the experience over to kind of serve the clients, you know, in different sectors and different, um, different industry to help them, you know, solving their um, workforce planning um, challenges. Definitely a um, sought after and hot skill set to have. What a great space to be in. And um, so I, I'm curious. So you were, you were um, at grad school, you studied economics. 
and um, and then you moved into a development role. You worked um, with software developers. No, no, no. Workforce development. So, so what I was saying, you know, uh, what I meant was was people development. You know, uh, really looking at training and uh, uh, getting people certified, right? So, um, and I was the data analyst looking at, you know, how much people that that would would be needing training, and um, and based on based on the need of the training, because um, I was at Kaiser Permanente is a healthcare company. You have all kinds of different jobs within that, right? You have nursing, you have lab, you have radiology. You have uh, uh, different uh, hospital uh, assistants and and all that. Everybody has a representative. Everybody is screaming for training money, right? So my job was really to look at the data to see, you know, hey, you know, this is really the area that we need to focus on to provide training um, to get people um, up to the skill set they do need, up to the uh, certification that they will need, um, you know, to to run the business. So. With the and is the goal to um, mitigate against attrition, or what? What would the goal for that be? The for goal. Training? I'm just curious because that's what I yeah. offer. <laughs> Mitigating attrition is, is is the key. Uh, increasing engagement. Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, boosting the sense of belonging. Right. Um, you know, because I mean, I mean, I have to say, Kaiser Permanente is is a great company to work for. Um, you know, even now I've left, <laughs> um, you know, they really take care of their, their members, their patients, and, and as, as well as their uh, employees. So, uh, you know, in area, particularly in areas that, you know, the skill set are, are being phased out, how do we, how do we train them so that we can redeploy re them, um, you know, to, to other, uh, to other areas that's similar, um, and, and they can also, so that, so then they can stay with the company. So, yeah. So, uh, the last person I had on my podcast, um, or actually I spoke with them last week. It's going to air next week. <laughs> um, okay. He is, um, the manager of operations, um, recruitment mm -hmm. operations for okay. Lime. And, uh, uh, Aon actually, um, came in and consulted and helped them with their recruitment operations, um, in, in different areas. And so he gave you guys big props. You were a huge help for him. So it was kind of like really cool. But the reason I had him on this show is because he started, his name was Max Butler. He started as a recruiter, a tech recruiter, and then moved into a more of an analytics role as recruitment operations manager. So he is pulling all the um, data from their ATS, from their HRIS and he's developing reports um, and um, sending those to the um, executive board, kind of like uh, how many hires they made, more so on the for recruitment specifically. And um, I thought it was really interesting um, that somebody would move into an analytics role as a recruiter. Um, and I asked him kind of what were some of the skill sets he was going to be developing as he moves forward. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about like the Tableau and, you know, knowing SQL and um, perhaps a little bit of Python. Um, and, and especially if you want to get into the more of the predictive modeling. Um, so you yourself kind of came from the analytics side and um, there was a question of who would require more of the um the training somebody who is the pure data scientist who had the python and the and the and, you know the um the programming language languages or somebody who was a recruiter and had to learn the programming languages um 
probably, <laughs> you know, and, and there's lots of crash course or um, accelerator programs that you could take to learn Python and, but, you know, right. understanding the business of it and how um, the operations in the, in the, you know, the recruitment works is, is essential to kind of being able to understand where that data is coming in from and how to make a story from it. Right. Um, so I'm curious, like what your thoughts were that, because you're, you're coming from the other end and we'll talk a little right. bit more about your skill sets, but I, I'm curious about what your, your thoughts are on, on that question. Yeah, I think, you know, programming language is a, is a good language to learn. I mean, you know, if you ask me, you know, everybody can, everybody should kind of learn the language a little bit. It's just, it, it could be your second language. I mean, uh, I, I, I uh, you know, uh, my background was uh, using SAS. So, you know, um, when I was using SAS, I thought everybody should learn SAS. You know, this is a beautiful language. Why, why, why people would not want to learn it, right? Um, and now it's Python. Python is, is the key. So, you know, um, and my, my team uses Python. As I was transi transitioning from Kaiser to Aeon, I had to teach myself Python. You know, and and I've I found that you know this is another wonderful language that that we, that we can all learn. Um, and if you have interest in it, you know, I definitely um, you know encourage you to kind of kind of look into that. But you know, we, we um, but I understand that it's not for everyone. And um, you know, understanding it, you know, uh, you know, at least on the uh, high level, would definitely help you understand, you know, what are those people talking about? You know, what are those programmer analytics people talking about? Um, it, why why do they think it would be a challenge, you know, to to code, such, you know, certain things? Um, um, but I mean, you know, there's that's why this. I mean, but, but we all, you know, we all like different things, right? So that's why we have a team. So. Um, there are people who are more, they're, they're closer to the business side, you know, they understand the operations and there are people, you know, from the analytics team who can translate all those into codes and, and come up with, you know, um, analytic result. Um, and then, um, but the key is, you know, it's everybody's job to kind of be being able to interpret the result and tell a story to come up with a solution um, around it. I mean, you can come up with the fanciest code in the world, and then you know if you can't tell a story, I mean that's that's the end of story, right? I mean, you, I mean there's no no solution or implementation that that uh, this, that could be really be driven um, by that. So um, it's everybody's. Uh, responsibility to really understand the result and then, and then so you can translate the story a, a little better. So, um, and, and understand that, you know, uh, everybody be is becoming a little more, a little bit more tacky because the world's be becoming a little bit more tacky. Um, I mean, Excel, right? I mean, it's, it's a very essential um, uh, piece to learn and, you know, the, throughout my career. Um, um, a lot of people are, are using Excel now and, and it, it's become a common language, right? So um, I would think that, you know, SQL or other, uh, maybe Python one day would become a common language for everybody. So, okay, so that's really that. Now, if, oh, so, okay, so let me ask that a, a, <laughs> a different question. If a company were in HR, were looking to take, um, uh, advantage of or to understand be data driven in um, their HR function and they could only hire one person not a whole team would they right. hire a data scientist or should they hire um, somebody who comes from the recruitment side who can learn the language who maybe knows Excel what do you think 
Well, you will hire somebody who knows both, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, but but it's, it's hard to. <laughs> it's always. I know it's that, a hard question. That that is a hard question, and uh, that's why you know, talent of such kind is very hard to hard to find. Um, you know, is um, um, uh, is is al almost like you know different two completely different skill set, right? I mean, you know, yeah. somebody coming up with uh, with a with a business background, you know, in HR. In, in talent acquisition, um, in compensation, you know, they don't necessarily understand, you know, uh, predictive analytics, right? right. And um, you, you just really have to find this rare breed that, you know, that who can do both. Um, and if you can't, you know, uh, build a team, right? I mean, like, uh, like my experience and, and right, you know, currently uh, I, I lead the data scientist team. And we also, you know, have a consulting group, you know, um, um, who who all, who can use the result to interpret and come up with a story around it, and guide the client um, to to implement the solution based on the analytics result, and also and, and at the same time, you know, um, communicate back to the data scientists and say, you know, this is how we want to tweak the model, this is how we want to, um, you know, uh, uh, change the forecast, um, you know because of certain external you know reason you know how do we want to how do we want to modify the model in order to come up with a new result you know to reflect you know the the, the reality so uh, for and larger projects title yes. is a business analyst you mean which one the uh oh, only consultant have... consultants oh the consultants yeah. okay so we have a consultant team we have a data scientist team and they work um you know very closely together um, to achieve the goal, so um, which is very similar to my past experience as an internal practitioner at, at, um, at Kaiser Permanente, where we have uh, uh, you know a couple of data data analysts and also a project manager who serves as a consultant um, mm -hmm. to work on the project together. So, I guess what I'm curious about is um, is I, I'm curious about the career path for recruiters because for, for recruitment, talent acquisition professionals, there's really not much else that you can um, transition into. And right. as I've been seeing this evolution of, of uh, companies um, taking advantage of, of data and trying to be um, data driven, uh, I feel like there is a new role for a recruiter to move into. And so I, I'm just kind of curious about that. So on your particular team, um, you hire you hire data scientists and you have consultants. Those are the two, or, or project managers. Mm -hmm. and, and what do you look for um, in your data scientists? Do you do you typically like? I'm just curious. Like, how do what do you look for when you're hiring? <laughs> I sound like I'm yeah. doing an intake call. <laughs> right, right. I mean, <laughs> what do you look for in your, in your next hire, and then like, what do you also look for in the project manager? So um, at my current team is, uh, I would say that, you know, well, we're, we're consulting, we're, we're serving different companies. So, so we, our team uh, is, is a bit mature, right? Well, so we have a mature, um, you know, uh, team in, in terms of, you know, the skill set development and the expertise, um, you know, that we have. So we're, we're very specialized. Um, so the data scientist, what I'm looking for is, you know, somebody who, who, who is a data geek like me. Right. Um, who, who can who can code Python? Who can code SAS? Who can come? Who can build a, a statistical model that would that would explain you know the business need that that we're looking at? Right. Uh, it could be attrition risk. It could be um, predictive analytics. It could be pay equity. Right. So we, we, I I would look at 
look for somebody who's who has a um, who has a techy background. You know, uh, it could it could be from economics, it could be from uh, computer science, it could be from statistics. Mm -hmm. Those those are usually the background of the of my data scientist. On the consultant side. Um, um, they're usually uh, business experts, right? So they could be coming from internal practitioner, you know, somebody who has worked in the comp department, or somebody who has worked in the HR uh, recruitment department, right? Who really understands, you know, what is the challenge, what is the headache, what is the need, you know, um, of the business, um, and then so they can talk with um, the data scientist to to figure out the model together and then interpret the result. So on some smaller, um, and, and we really try to cross train each other, right? Some of our, our consultants, they're, they're, they're expert in Tableau development, they're expert in, um, some of them can even code Python, right? Um, and my data scientists, some of them are very good at telling a story to, the, to, to, our, to our clients. So, um, so, you know, as we, you know, uh, as we progress and, you know, we're getting more experience and more exposure, you know, both teams will get cross-trained a little bit, um, you know, while maintaining their specialty. So, um, and, and um, if I can, you know, elaborate a little bit more on, you know, if you're a, a smaller uh, startup, right, you know, you probably, you know, one person is probably wearing a couple, you know, multiple hat, right? Like, you know, I, I've seen that there one one person doing both COO and CFO job. Um, because you're smaller, you know, you, you try to, uh, the resources a little bit limited and you, you try to do, you know, the, the best that you could. Um, you will want to hire somebody who, who has the capacity to do both, right? So I, I, even like um, in my experience, the clients that I've talked with, you know, uh, coming from HR, they're very good at, you know, working on Excel. They're very good, you know, they're, they're even, um, some of them can even develop Tableau. Um, uh, uh, charts. So they will say, hey, you know, just give me this data set. I mean, we can, we can do the Tableau ourselves. Or you can just start, start it and then we can make changes, you know, along the way. So, um, um, yeah, so I see that, you know, if, you, you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta be exposed to, to, to both sides of the world in order to be, uh, to be successful and, and, um, and, uh, and, be effective, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it is a fine line, and and there's that division. It's like the data scientists and um, the data component and um, the programming and the um, and building that out, and and then the person who's able to tell the story and understand the business side of it, and how do you marry those two? And and sometimes the best way to do it is just to have two people um, exactly together. Um, so that's that's a uh, interesting. So um, I'm curious. I know for me, when I, I went to San Diego State University and, um, it, and, and I, I have a finance, a bachelor's of science in finance, and I did not, they did not teach um, uh, programming. I mean, definitely tons of Excel. I'm an Excel guru, but um, I, did you learn that in college or did you take courses or are you self-taught in your programming languages? And what do you, what do you know? Are you, do you know Python? It sounded like you, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, so I, so I went to school uh, a quite long time ago. So um, so when I was you know back in school, I was learning, you know what what is now pretty archaic uh, tool or, or or programming language, uh, Stata, um, um, what would it call the the mini tab? Um, not we touch a little bit upon SAS. So I really learned SAS, you know, um, in my professional work uh, at Kaiser Permanente. 
uh, a little bit more self-teaching, most, mostly self-taught. And I mean, you know, once you know one programming language, it's a little, it's, it's pretty easy to pick it up, uh, pick up another language. And I also mentioned Python. As I transition to Aeon, you know, since uh, my team uses Python, I just self-taught myself um, using Python. And um, it, it, it might sound a little bit too easy, big, big, well, because, you know, because I have the background in, in different languages, you know, it's, it's pretty easy for, for me to transition to other languages. And Python is, is a very um, intuitive language um, to learn. So and in between, I also picked up R um, from both college and from work. Um, and, um, and the reason why we're using R and, and Python, mostly Python now, is that, you know, uh, a lot of machine learning, a lot of, um, you know, uh, those AI uh, type of work um, is, is easier to, to do it in Python than, than other programming languages because Python has the packages for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yep. Um, so that's a little bit about um, where you, what, did you take uh, courses online like Code Academy or did you just watch YouTube videos? I just, I just look at other, others' codes. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then just kind of you know uh uh google it you know try to google uh different codes and you know different uh you know uh there, there uh youtube could be a good way to go but there's a there's a lot of online you know uh resources that kind of you know give you the kickoff you know um at, at, for different languages mm -hmm. um so um I mean, back then it's a little harder because you don't have Google. You don't have Google, so you know, for for us to kind of come up with code, you have you really had to come up with your own code, um, or your you know, or you know, you have to know the people who have you know similar code that that, that you know that that they are willing to share with you. <laughs> but now oh. it's, it's it's very easy. You know, you just Google it, and um um, and then there there's like a reference and, and guidance for you to really just follow, and then and then teach yourself um you know when you're when you're on the plane or you know when when you have some time um just to sit down and then and then read through it is is uh is very convenient so that's what you're doing on your trip to london you were studying <laughs> on the flight we, we also we, we always you know use the flight time to, to try to learn and, and do some work so yeah you're so good and pay okay so i am there's all this talk about predictive analytics within um, HR and AI, 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 right? right. And um, you know, I'm curious because because when I think of of AI, I think of predictive, and sometimes what I find is it's really more that uh, these models or platforms are just pulling historical data or just aggregating data, and I don't see that as being predictive. So I, I'm just curious what your thoughts were on that and where where exactly the prediction is in, in these um, in these decisions. Right. So I mean AI is you know it, it might sound like a black box or like a or you know something super fancy from from people you know looking from the outside. What what it really does is you know is using historical data to predict what's going to happen in the future. What has happened in the past to predict what's what's happening in the future um, is is a different technique. What we used to have was you know uh, uh, regression modeling. What we used to have was you know time series you know modeling. That's essentially um, theoretically is very similar to AI and machine learning. 
and you know, in, within machine learning, there's 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 multiple layers also, right? So there are different type of technique that you can use, um, like deep learning, neural network, and all that. Um, uh, random forest and and all the technique that you can use depending on the need, right? You know, of your of your prediction. So say um, you want to predict attrition risk. You know, um, most of the most of the time we use random forest. Um, you know, to kind of see um, or decision tree to to start with, right? So um, we look at different attributes. What was it? What was the pattern of people leaving? You know, uh, before was it about the, was it pay? You know, certain you know, and then we, we parse paid out. You know, uh, um, in, into different category. You know, we can say below hundred thousand or above hundred thousand, or people who have gotten a five percent raise or above, or people who have gotten a raise five percent or less. Right. So we all we use all these factors to fit, and then the um, the the algorithm we kind of tell you which which factor are more important. You know, based on the past data again. Right. And then and then to to train it and then test it out and see you know um, which algorithm will fit the best and of course we can get into overfitting and all those statistical term you know uh, on a separate conversation um, but you know it's, it's really coming up with the, with the uh, with the best algorithm and model and formula to to run the prediction so we can um, so you probably have seen that you know there's um, there's tool or algorithm telling you that hey we can we can predict up to how many percent accuracy of you know so and so MPay is is MPay is going to leave you know in in the past, in the in the coming six or ten or twelve months, right? Um, and if MPay is, is is not so important, we don't have to care about that. I mean, even though he has a high chance of leaving, if but if MPay is is a, a, a high potential talent, or whatever, how do we how do we keep them? Right? How do we keep this person? How do we do we give him a bump? Do we give him a promotion? Do we, you know, uh, stuff like that? Um, so, all all this this is a new technique, um, you know, uh, to 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 look at predictive analytics. Um, so, um, and you know, in theory, it's very similar to to the past um, techniques, but this is this is uh, uh, better. And and you know, now we have the program, we have the language to really run it um, to to. Uh, um, to come up with the result. So I, I hope that. I hope no, that yeah, you, you get into that risk. Uh, well, you, you answer a question, and then I have another question because it's so interesting. Um, I'm very inquisitive. Um, you to like that risk analysis, kind of like the actuarial, like, you know, when you're working right. healthcare, uh, which is so intriguing to me. And pay, I'm going to tell you, there is a part of me that wishes I was a data scientist, but I am far too social <laughs> to, <laughs> but when I was pulling the numbers, like when I was a data analyst and I was sitting in front of my Excel spreadsheet, I would just, be, I would go through my lunch. I, I, it felt interest yeah. to me just kind of going after those numbers and seeking it and just putting it together. It was, I, it was like, Oh, look at that. No, I know that is like, I felt like like the crocodile hunters I was but again <laughs> it's like I, I'm far more social but um it's it's so intriguing no but that's the fun part you know that's that's why we, we uh, I mean we data scientists really love to work is because that you know it really sucks you in right and then you're in the zone you just you just tune the whole world out and then you're so focused on on getting the number right you're so focused on getting the code right 
um, to come up with the result and then, you know, and then uh, to tell a story, right? So uh, that's, that's the fun part. And then, of course, you know, not so fun when the code doesn't run, but, you know, but, but that's also um, why, you know, you get sucked in and, and really try to, you know, uh, make things work, um, you know, and make your, make your Excel spreadsheet work, make it merge, you know, and, and then come up with the result that you want. That is the fun part. Um, I, I've taken some Python courses um, and, and built out predictive models on, um, on price, um, price predictions. Um, okay. And it is, it's a very simple um, program to use. And uh -huh. it's so interesting how, um, actually how easy it is to, mm -hmm. to develop that skill set. So I don't know, for any of our listeners, I feel like, uh, especially because a lot of our listeners are talent acquisition recruitment professionals, because that's our, mm -hmm. our audience. Um, right. But a lot of them who are interested in a, just being a tech recruiter and understanding how to recruit data scientists or developers. I mean, it's such an, a, a great um, skill set to have for yourself, I, I feel, yeah. in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, you know, if you have the time and, and, and interest, you know, I would encourage everybody, you know, to just kind of start with, you know, uh, Googling Python and start with some easy exercise, like, you know, how do we... In, you import a set of data, right? You know, uh, it could be the data they were working with and then try to make some calculation out of it, make some, um, not merging, but you know, but use that same data set to come up with some um, simple calculation or maybe you can already run some regression or, or predictive analytics out of that database, you know, like, you know, you have price or you have, um, um, you, you have um, demand, you know, um, um, product pr production, uh, you know, data in, inside it then you can really run, you know, uh, predictive analytics um, using some readily available package um, in Python that then, you, you know, test it out. Python, I think, is not free if I not uh, remember it incorrectly. Um, but R, you know, is also a, an alternative. So there's always a big fight between R and Python. And, you know, to me, um, they are pretty agile. You know, both of them are pretty agile and, and um, um, and I can see, you know, that's, that's why pe this, this people on the R can be people on the Python can, but, um, you know, but I mean, any, any language, um, the, you know, programming language that, that, you know, you could pick up is, is just going to be beneficial. Yes. Um, uh, that's interesting, like the Python versus the R. And I, and I don't know if this is just maybe the clients or the people or the companies I've spoken with that I feel like I, I see are more on, on digital um, or ad technologies um, and, and maybe Python's maybe more internal, like you said, like pulling that historical data to make predictive decisions. Yeah. Well, it's really, it's, it's really uh, the user preference. So um, both, are both are powerful, both are, both are pretty fast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and there's abundance of code out, out there for you to just borrow <laughs> on, on the web. So, um, yeah, so, you know, e either one is, 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 is a good tool to, to start with. And I think R is still free, you know, to, to download for, for everybody, so. Okay, so I have two more questions to, to leave you with. Um, okay. So you were talking about some of the, um, the, things that you discovered within the data. And, and so I think you were talking about, um, 
you know, you're asking the question, why companies leave? Why, why are they having attrition in certain areas? And, you know, like maybe it was a, a bad boss or something, but you, you <laughs> mentioned something in regards to um, pay and whether they got a pay increase or they got a raise. And, and I'm, I'm curious, uh, do you, in, in doing those analysis, what have you found has surprised hiring managers or your stakeholders the most in some of those dis, um, those results, those findings? I, yeah, I can talk about uh, a client that we worked with. Um, uh, uh, the, the client really believed that, you know, um, they were paying their, their talents, uh, you know, the fair market rate. Um, they're at the benchmark. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's because of the, uh, of the market, you know, over, you know, over competing the talent, you know, itself, that caused their attrition rate running high in a particular area, geographic area. And we went in and, and did a competitive assessment for them, you know, uh, just looking at certain uh, jobs that have, um, that have higher uh, attrition rate. And we actually found out that, you know, their, their pay is a little bit lower than the benchmark. Um, you know, uh, than the market uh, that came as a surprise for the client, and you know, usually when, when, uh, when, when, when there's a surprise, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, usually the client are not very happy about about the surprise. They try to, you know, because this is this is um, counterintuitive. This is you know against what they what their what their belief was. So they would try to attack your methodology. They try to you know, <laughs> but you know. Uh, Usually after a while, we explain that, well, this is the same methodology that we apply for, for all the clients in, across the sector, you know, in all areas. And, you know, this is in, indeed the, the finding that we have, you know, the, the pay is a little bit lower than benchmark. And that could be the driver, you know, to, to the attrition. And their attrition is, you know, we're, we're a little higher than, than, than the industry in that particular area, right? So, um, I mean, uh, it is an inference, but it's a very strong inference. Um, so uh, after a while, you know, the, 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 the client started to accept it and, uh, and, and, you know, and decide to, to, to pump up the raise a little bit and, and pump up the pay a little bit, you know, to, to see that, you know, um, hopefully to, to help the situation. So we're yet to check back in with them to, to see, you know, how it goes, but, um, but, but we'll believe, you know, that that will solve the problem. You know, it's, it's this challenge or this delicate line um, that in recruitment talent acquisition kind of dances in, in negotiating new, um, when you're negotiating a close for a new hire. Right. And you try to really, um, you try to really get, understand what their non-monetary motivators are. Right. And, right. you know, from the beginning, like what, what, you know, a new, um, a new position with room to stretch your goals or um, your skill sets, um, a career right. path, those non-monetary, but um, you know, pay and, and, and salary is so very important. And I'm it curious is. because like, you know, as much as you, you could talk about, Oh, they're motivated by this and you're going to be doing this great work. It, it definitely comes down to whether or not I can, I can afford to live on that. But um, that said, what do you think is the, in your experience, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe one of the number one, um, reasons people leave a company or the top. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, I think we can look at this, uh, this question, you know, in a couple of different angles. So the first angle is, I mean, um, 
pay is 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 a driver, right? I mean, uh, people, you know, usually, you know, attracted to a job, you know, you know, according to, you know, because of the pay, right? So if you offered, you know, fifty increase, fifty percent increase in your salary, you know, it's very hard to turn it down. Um, so what what you know, client would come to us and say, hey, you know, we're having problem hiring people, we have problem, you know, people leaving, you know, how can we, what can we do? There's a couple of solutions that, that that we can offer. One is looking at you know uh, the the salary benchmark, not for everybody, but only for the new hire, right? So what are the new hire benchmark, which could be largely different, you know, from the from the incumbents, right? What we call the existing workforce. Um, so uh, just looking at a new hire, are we offering a lot less than than your competitors? Then that 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 could probably explain why that you have a problem, you know, hiring people in the door. To avoid people from leaving, you know, uh, we have we have an analysis which we call conjoint analysis, uh, which we is a survey uh, that was sent out to uh, the existing workforce or the, the incumbents to see to really rank, you know, to ask them how do you rank, you know, uh, your preference in pay, and then we do segments by demographics, right? So because I mean, di different age group probably have different need in terms of you know the rewards that they want. Is it pay? Is it vacation time? Is it this insurance benefits? Is it um, you know? Uh, is it family leave? Is it you know all these all these uh, different type of reward? How would an employee rank them? And then uh, and then we parse out different segments within this the, the workforce in order to and then we can find out you know in this particular demographic group within your workforce they actually value um, you know vacation a lot more than pay. In the other demographic, they actually, you know, uh, um, value bonus a lot more than base pay, right? Then we can cater, um, you know, and, and, and design, you know, different pay strategy for different work group to, you know, to increase engagement, reduce attrition and all that, right? So, and it's not what just, you know, this is one package for everybody. Um, so, so it's kind of, it sounds like it's a hard, it depends on the client. There's not like, really the number one reason people leave companies is this no no yeah there's no simple answer to that <laughs> yeah yeah that's true it's true it's true yeah. um, there's another billion dollar tool for you stacy <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to we're just gonna have to get together i've sketched something out <laughs> <laughs> hr managers and hiring managers can walk around with their tablets and see who's at highest risk for leaving and exactly. go in there and it'll pop up it'll tell them what they should say to them um, yeah make and them just, feel better right engage them more ask them questions about their day yeah. and just switch the dial and then he'll work for you forever <laughs> this person yeah switch a dial do these things that aeon consulting or Broadwell and, and MPay Consulting tells you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get our SaaS product out there. There um, you go. All right. So you're going to be speaking at LAX Tech Recruit. Okay. Um, not at UC Irvine. That was our, our last event. You're going to be speaking in Playa Vista. Um, right. our, our theme is people analytics. I love this topic. I, I could talk about this all day. And um, so I have, <laughs> I, right? I have so many, um, there's so many companies um, that are really trying to understand and, and get on board and, and really um, make decisions. And, um, and there's so many reasons for doing that. Obviously the ROI, right? Yeah. 
right? And yep. they're starting to understand that. But like, where do you start and how do you go? And th and that's why what you're doing is so important and it's so cool. And um, so I know we talked a lot about it a little bit, but um, you want to talk about what you're going to be speaking on? Um, I haven't really decided. I mean, th this is in August, right? This is not tomorrow. So. No. <laughs> It's right. next week. No, it's in it's in July, <laughs> and okay. um, yes, it's July eighteenth. I hope you have that that yeah, I mean, yeah, marked out. Yeah. So it, it's, you're gonna it, be it's doing, on my calendar. I just you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be doing a fifteen minute presentation, and okay. what we really, what my audience really likes to see is um, not just ideas and not just um, futuristic things, but more so. Uh, tangible um, let's open up your laptop let's build something out like these are case studies these are actionable things these are ways that you can start doing this today you can bring this back to your desk and and just you know meaty tangible um, things that they tools that they can use and and that was the whole idea it's only it's eight hours it's one day there's tons of content and there's 45 speakers all speaking on different topics and yep. um, the work that you've done with Kaiser and um, at Aon Consulting I think is is just right on point with what uh, our our audience is trying to understand so I think sure. that's what you're gonna be talking about <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, I yeah I, I can definitely elaborate on that so um, you know uh, how, how to build up the function right how do you how to really get you know you, you have to get uh, buy-in from the stakeholders from the from the c-suite people um, um, I was fortunate enough to you know to to uh, to to work with clients and also for for customer permanente they you know the leadership has the vision and, and has the uh, uh, um, has the understanding that this is important Right. A lot of time, you know, I've heard from, you know, other uh, colleagues or, you know, uh, practitioners in the field, they had a hard time, you know, selling this to, to the leadership because not because they don't care because, you know, they probably slam by, you know, the budget, they probably talk, think about, you know, what, what, what should they be developing the new product, you know, stuff like that um, and kind of oversee, you know, workforce planning. Um, so, I mean, if, if, you know, so it really depends, right? You know, so for, for people like fortunate like me, you know, how, how do we get buy-in and then, you know, get the conversation going, get, get, get the, uh, um, get all the partners, you know, um, into the loop and, and talk about it and have, have a, have a plan for workforce planning. Right. Mm -hmm. And for, for, uh, colleagues or, you know, uh, practitioners, they're, they're still trying to get buy-in from the stakeholders. You know, I would say that, you know, try, try to, you know, uh, you have you have to highlight the importance of of people. This is the most expensive resource in your company, and this is the resource that will drive your organization uh, success and and growth. Right? Um, you you got to plan effectively around it um, in order to 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 you know take the company to the to the next level. So I mean, there there are many you know uh, uh, talking points or or or. Um, or advantages that you can kind of uh, kind of pitch it to to the to the leadership um, to kind of get awareness around it. So um, so it really depends on the stage of where you're at. Um, but I can certainly cover all those. Certainly, I mean we have a startup competition, so there are there will be uh, startups who will be there, and certainly them yeah. being able to grow their organization. But I mean 
a lot of them don't have budgets to be able to hire consultants. And, um, you know, where do you begin as far as like being able to develop your teams and who should you hire first? Should you hire the sales professional? Should you hire more senior level? Um, and, and at what point in that growth? And, and that of course could be a conversation all its own. And then, um, but I, I imagine you more, more, your clients are probably more, um, mid to enterprise level. Would that be? We have all spectrum. We have startups to uh, post IPO mature uh, companies. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so so that's why you know uh, to to answer a question is hard because they they all come in from different angle and different you know they have different uh, resource allocation. They have uh, different uh, uh, priorities, right? Um, they have different challenges. So it, it really depends on the stage of um, you know the stage of development where you are at and what kind of questions that you're looking at. Um, you know, to, to kind of come up with, uh, you know, solution and answers. So. I am so looking forward to your talk. Um, you spoke at HCI, what is it? HCI? Yes. 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 And, uh, which is, which is how I, I, I found you. And okay. so that's why I had reached out to you. And, right. um, if any of our audience wants to, our listeners, uh, for the tech recruit podcast, want to get hold of you, how can they find you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, just type in my name. My name is not uh, very common, so <laughs> I'm sure that will pop up. Um, it's and, E-N-P-E-I Lam, L-A-M. Correct. Or they can go to Aon Consulting and... Um, ask for you <laughs> yeah they yeah yeah, yeah um it's a huge company i don't know if if uh if my name would pop up um, it's aon.com 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 okay yep. super and pay thank you so much for being on the tech recruit podcast we enjoyed hearing your stories and listening to your experience has been so valuable thank you so much and we'll see you at tech recruit no thank you so much it's my pleasure